The Sense You Ask, a podcast where we have authentic conversations built around your questions on life, biblical Christianity, and occasionally completely random topics. Now here's your hosts, Ben Farley and Ben Van Hyning. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to Since You Asked. Today, we are back with a special episode, a bonus episode, if you will. Uh, I am not joined by my regular co-host, Ben Van Hyne. I am joined by a much better-looking co-host, back for a second time by popular demand, my wife, Janelle Farley. Janelle, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be back. Well, we got to give you some full disclosure here. Um, this is the most interesting setup that we've ever done in recording our podcast. Uh, ben and I are normally you know, sitting at a coffee shop or sitting at a table across from one another. We are quite literally recording this sitting in our bed, Yep. in our bedroom, and there's a sleeping baby about five feet from us, and so we're just... Uh, just hoping we don't wake him up through this recording. <laughs> We're trying to keep our kids to where they don't run in in the middle of this. So we're trying to find a hiding spot, I guess. Yeah, who knows if that'll happen or not. But uh, yeah, so anyways, hey, we're doing this episode because we've been asked by many of you, uh, when is Janelle going to be back on the podcast? Quite frankly, I'm a little offended. Uh, no mention of me, no mention of Van Hining. It was, hey, when's Janelle coming back? But... As the shrewd businessmen that we are in the podcasting world, we give the people what they want, and so here you are. You're back. How does it feel? Hey, it feels pretty good. I enjoy the compliments, guys, so keep those coming. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just like the raw part. That could be. Yeah. you like to hear about your craziness, I guess. (laughs) Things you don't admit as easily without me. That's probably true. Well, as we start out every podcast, uh, today is a day worth celebrating, a day worth remembering. Now, we are recording this uh, at about 9 o'clock on a Sunday evening. And so today, as you listen to this, or as we're recording this, I guess, uh, it is September 11th. And so, uh, as any American knows, uh, September 11th is obviously a day where we remember the terrorist attacks in New York and in Washington and in Pennsylvania Uh, back 21 years ago now. And that's one of those moments that if you were alive during that time and were old enough to be uh, cognizant of what was going on, you remember where you were when that happened. And so where were you when you uh, found out the news? I was in sixth grade. I remember being in PE, and our PE teacher like ran to her office and kind of frantically And we didn't really know what was happening. And then later, we went to history class, and all the TVs were on. All the teachers were watching. And our history teacher explained what had happened. I think I was young enough to not fully understand it, but know that it was a huge, scary ordeal. Yeah. Yeah, I was... So I was in seventh grade, and I was in math class. And I remember this loud knock on the door right in the middle of class and our history teacher pops in his head in the door and he says you need to turn on the tv now and of course nobody knew what was going on and then the rest of the day I felt like we were watching on the tvs uh, all of the developments and uh, it was just one of those days that sticks with you and uh, one of the things that I remember 
afterwards, I remember going home and a couple buddies and I got on our bikes and we rode around uh, town just uh, just to get away, I guess. And I remember the line at the gas station. Yes. I've never to this day seen gas lines that long. But one of the things that I think came from that was a huge sense of patriotism. Uh, starting that day and it seemed like for months after that, uh, there was this unity there wasn't this divisiveness, certainly not like we see today, uh, but there was a unity around just being an American. Uh, we we laughed the other night. We were driving home, and Lee Greenwood's uh, Proud to be an American song popped up, and like that was the anthem of September 11, 2001, and even today, when I hear that song, it still kind of gives me goosebumps. Yep. So, yeah, it, it's one of those days. It was an absolute tragedy. Um, and we just pray that that never happens again. But every year during this time, we remember uh, those who died during the attack, those who gave their lives uh, to serve and to protect and to uh, help others during that time. And uh, so it's definitely a day worth remembering. Um, and so today is, is also a day to remember other things. Uh, today is officially Grandparents' Day. Now, I'm kind of ashamed that I didn't know when this was. Like, it's always something you celebrated in schools, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know the specific day. And so, uh, but today, as we honor grandparents, you did something that reminded me of your grandpa. Um, Yes. You want to go ahead and tell them what you did today? Okay, so today we went out to eat with our family, and, um, you know, if you've ever been to a restaurant here lately... They're short-staffed. Everywhere's hiring. Well, our waiter was extremely busy. He was working his tail off. And I was noticing, you know, not everyone is appreciative of what waiters do, but I was noticing at this point how hard he was working. And so I always remember going out to eat with my grandparents, and my grandpa would always hand the tip to the waiter or waitress. He wouldn't just leave it on the table and go. He would always call them over and hand it to them. Well, I'd never really done that before, but today I wanted to thank the waiter for working so hard. So today, in honor of my Grandpa Willie, who passed away um, a couple years ago, um, in honor of him, I handed um, the waiter our money, (laughs) and Ben's like, hey, great job, Willie, which is my grandpa's (laughs) name, so... Shout out to you, Grandpa. Yeah, it didn't matter how far away the server was from the particular table where your grandpa was sitting at. Nobody was moving until that waiter came over and physically grabbed the tip from your grandpa's hand. And so, yeah, you acted just like him today, and so I had to chuckle. Um, What's what's one of your best memories with your grandparents? Um, I I have two sets of grandparents, obviously. Everyone does. And um, one set... Uh, we went, we travel all the time. My grandpa had a job where he, it took him all over the country and to other countries too. And so we traveled with them in the summer a lot. So I remember all those trips with my mom's parents. And then I also remember my dad's parents, we would spend the night with them. And my grandma would always tell, um, stories to us in bed every night that we would stay with her. It was always spooky stories or just any kind of story. She was a really good, she is a really good storyteller. So that was fun. Yeah. A lot of my memories with my grandparents just revolve around golfing. Um, my grandpa Farley was the one who taught me to golf, made me love the game. And uh, I, I still, 
you know, I still think about him when I go out on the golf course and, and just, you know, what he taught me. And of course he used uh, a lot more colorful language than <laughs> I do when he golfed, but uh, I just, it was just so much fun. And, you know, I just, I think you don't, as a kid, especially you don't recognize the blessing that grandparents can be. Now, I know not everyone is as fortunate. Not everyone has grandparents that are close or, or grandparents that they are close to. Uh, but if you do, yeah, I sound like an old man here, but it's mm-hmm. like cherish those moments because yeah. they do go by fast. They and do. and you, you think now, you know, my my grandparents are, uh, my, gran- my father grandparents are both deceased. And, uh, you know, I've got other grandparents still alive, but it, it's, you know, you just, it's not the same. Um, and you, you start to recognize, like, oh, man, life is flying by. And so on Grandparents Day, cherish your stinking grandparents. Yes. Come on now. Yes, and I do want to shout out both of our parents who are awesome grandparents to our kids. We couldn't ask for better. That they have true. a Mimi and P and a Grandma and Grandpa, and we're we're blessed to have them. They yep. help us out a lot. Yep, so. they do. Absolutely. Look at you. Yeah. Throwing out shout-outs. So celebrate Grandparents Day. Uh, today is also... National Hot Cross Bun Day. The um, only thing I remember about that is in elementary school, we played that, or yeah. maybe in early band, something. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah yeah. It was early like band. okay, you remember those uh, plastic recorders? Yep. Those uh, what are those surface probably in like fourth grade? Everybody got one of those. I I thought those were the coolest things. Now as a parent, um, my my kids found my old tote of stuff like tote of memories of me and they found my black plastic recorder from fourth grade i thought it was cool then it's awful <laughs> yeah it, it's it's one of the most annoying <laughs> sounds and it's always beckett it's always beckett yes uh, he's loud yep and likes to play it you know the same note for 10 <laughs> minutes straight uh on high volume yeah so yeah that that's just rough but anyways a national hot cross bun day so hot cross buns are actually a thing i have never so had it like any. a dessert or what well i'm not really sure um let me read this here it says a hot cross bun is made from yeast dough and is usually a bit sweet some may even contain spices mm. such as cinnamon raisins currants and other dried fruits hmm. i like bread so yeah i'm, I'm all about the carbs so <laughs> Uh, yeah, so celebrate that if you like. Um, finally, National Make Your Bed Day. Yeah. We are recording in an unmade bed right now. <laughs> we are. My mom would not be impressed. She, every single morning, makes every bed. Now they only sleep in one bed, my mom and dad. But I remember growing up, every bed had to be made before we left the house. Yeah, it's that was when I got older, like probably junior high. Every morning I had to make my bed. And I'll be honest, there are some days that I didn't. And actually, once I got in high school, uh, I would get up late and, you know, I'd get there. I had it timed out to where I could get to school right as the second bell rang. So I was never tardy, but I was always just right on time. But sometimes that came at the expense of making my bed. But I was pretty crafty. And so I would go home for lunch and I would make my bed and just pray that for some reason my parents wouldn't have come home, you know, from work early or something and seen that I hadn't made my bed. But uh, yeah, so most of the time I would. But now as we're adults, <laughs> man, it's just I know it's good discipline to do. I guess. But man, there's just some days where it's like, 
it's hard enough just getting out the door with mm-hmm. all six of us fully clothed. It, if yeah. we do that, that's a win. And if it's at the expense of our beds being made, so be it. And I just have to say, really, is there a point in a top sheet? Because I feel like <laughs> the only time I use my top sheet is when I make the bed. When yeah. people are coming over, I pull it up and fix it and everything. But otherwise, it's probably stuffed at the foot of our bed. It gets it gets really shoved down to the bottom of the bed. I'm like, screw it. Now, that first day, when you make your you've, – you've washed the sheets, you make your bed, that sheet feels incredible. Yeah. Uh, but then it inevitably gets pushed down, and, and I, you know, for the next week and a half, it'll stay down there until you make your bed again. Yeah. But, or clean your sheets again. I don't know. Yeah. Do we do that enough? Like, uh, Well, we have to when we – you know, kids sleep in our bed and they. That is true. Gross, so. Yeah. Full disclosure, I am recording this in our bed with a big old spit up stain on my shirt, too. <laughs> yeah. So. Looks like um, maybe sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't try that. But. So, uh, one of the questions that we've gotten uh, since the previous episode that you were on, Janelle, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, kind of pertaining to. Big life changes, big life circumstances. Um, we've had a few in our life and mm-hmm. our marriage. We've been married ten years now, All and wow. <laughs> and one of the the question that we got was, how do you navigate big life changes within your marriage? And so, what I thought we would do, they weren't necessarily specific on what life life changes they were talking about, but uh, we've been through several. And so what I thought we could do is just kind of work through a few of those, give our, our story on that, and see where it goes from there. Okay. So the first thing, let's just do what's most recent. Um, I took a new job in July. Is that yes. right? Yeah, July. So. And with that came a move. We had to mm-hmm. sell our house. We had to move into the new home. Um, what would you say is kind of some of the advice you would give to uh, a younger couple or, or couples in general that are going through a job change, going through uh, a move, like what's what's some advice that you would give? Uh, be patient. And I, okay, so moving, I hate it. We've moved how many times? Six did we decide in our team? Uh, yeah, something like that. It feels like a million. 50. Yeah. Maybe. I think we've moved six times in 10 years, which I don't know. You people listening may not be a lot, but trust me, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have four kids. This last move. Yeah. Oh. There was a lot. We, What you realize is that you acquire Way a lot much. of garbage. Yep. We threw away a ton of stuff yeah. that we didn't need, but still came with a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think we could probably fill a whole house just with toys. But anyway, uh, I don't know. Patience is huge. And I I don't always like change. Change isn't something that comes easy to me. Mm-hmm. Our kids love change, thankfully. Um, but this one, I've, I guess my biggest advice is let the Lord lead you. And this was definitely Lord-led. We felt good about it. And we know God was leading us here. So nothing... Nothing big has like I don't know, happened in the move, other than it was a lot of work in the organizing, and we had to rely on other people to help us, which I'm not always good mm. at asking for. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a good piece of advice. Um, 
one of the the best pieces of advice just in life in general that I have ever been given was allow people to bless you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you ask for it all the time. It doesn't mean you're a, a moocher or anything. But when it comes to people wanting to bless you or serve you or, or whatever it looks like, allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. And I say that as a man who is probably pretty prideful in that. I don't yes. like to ask people for help. Would you agree with that? Yes. Um, I, I, I love your dad. Mm-hmm. But when we first got married, one of your default responses when something would go wrong is, ah, let me just call my dad. <laughs> And for a prideful man, that's the last thing I want to hear. Now, I love my father-in-law. Don't get me wrong. I, he's awesome. But I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Like, But let's I, be honest. When it comes to directions, I don't know if I said this last time, but I'm going to say it this time. My husband is terrible I have like, at getting places well, without his phone. I have like phone. amnesia when it comes to directions. I, I As a kid, as a kid, my dad would always be like, Man, how do you not remember how we got places? Well, it's because I just wasn't paying attention. But you still don't. You, you will think drive. when I'm the driver, I would pay attention. I don't. Like I can clothes. get to a place that I have probably been fifty times and know I'm supposed to turn right here. And there's like, and you know this look I give. I like glance out the window a couple times because you have no idea. my wheels are spinning. Like okay. Should I just guess? And if I get it right, pretend like I knew where I was going. Or should I turn the volume on my phone all the way down and sneak the maps on real quick so you don't know that Siri's guiding me? Or do I just say, I don't know where I'm at? Generally, it's one of the first two. <laughs> well, you're just very blessed that I'm a, a wonderful second hand driver. What's it called? Second? Backseat, Backseat driver. Backseat driver. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful is one way to call it. I mean, you don't have time to do that because I'm already telling you where to go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I learned from the best. My mom, my mom, we're all, it's just, you know, hereditary. We're all good at it. But my dad, what I was getting to, you have learned in the 10 years, just let me call my dad when it comes to directions. Yeah. Because he knows where everything is. He was a Coke driver my whole childhood. So he has been many, many places. And so, you know, that's when you're okay with it. Yeah. But that's also if. Like I'm out of internet and I can't use the maps <laughs> or true. it's a place where Siri doesn't recognize, you know, yeah, or, or I haven't phone. guessed right. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I'm not good at directions with that. You were terrible at directions. Okay. We got it. Uh, <laughs> where, where did that come from? Where, what were we talking about when we got on that? Uh, people, um, Oh, allowing people to bless you. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to changes, like specifically a move, uh, there will be people that will offer to help. In this move, we had tons. We had people cleaning our new house for us and carpet cleaning. um, You know, obviously the big move we had. I mean, tons and tons of help. And we appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. We couldn't have done it without them. But allow them to do that. Allow people the blessing of blessing you. Uh, in that, so don't be too prideful. Uh, you don't have to necessarily ask for help all the time no, or anything that's like annoying, that. I so don't, I do don't that. want to do that either. But if, if people offer, especially in those situations, take them up on it. Yes. It will make life so much easier. And now, when it comes to a new job, let's let's talk about this from two perspectives because I'm the one who has started a new job, uh, taken over a, a new church, and which we love. It has been a blessing. So let's talk about it from these two perspectives. Um, 
the person taking the job and the spouse of the person taking the job. Okay. So for me, um, taking a new job is exciting because I'm, I'm the one in our relationship that likes change. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. You're very adventurous. Yeah, it's exciting to me. It doesn't mean I always want to change things. Like I'm always looking t- for the next thing. But when change does come, especially something like this, I enjoy that. But at the same time, I'm also exhausted at times. Mm-hmm. Because you push yourself and push yourself. I do. I, I don't know when to stop a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from a from a ministry side of things, from a, um, from a pastor side of things, I, I feel like I have a responsibility to get to know these people that I'm pastoring. Um, you know, we're at a... We're at a good size church, mm-hmm. 450, you know, which probably means there's about 700 people that actually go there. Um, so, so trying to find the time to talk to people, to get to know their names, uh, that has been overwhelming for me, mm-hmm. uh, because it just doesn't happen as quick as you want it to. And, and so that's been tough. And also I know I, I'm talking on a podcast and I, you know, do that for a living at church when I preach, but I don't like small talk. It, it drains me and doesn't mean I avoid it all the time, but it, it's just something that is exhausting. So I say all that to say, from my perspective, you have been very understanding of that. Like you get that I am worn out. Um, it, it's just learning how to, uh, to lead a new staff, learning these people, uh, it has been a lot, and so you've taken a lot of that burden off of me at home. So, When it comes to job change for me, though, I have had the same job for 10 years. I just began my 11th year teaching at the same school. Now, in the school, I've taught 5th grade, 1st grade, and now I do title reading. So I've had different jobs within the school, but it's primarily been the same job. I'm working with kids. Yeah. And so I guess that has helped me help him because my – Work life hasn't been overly stressful. I mean, shout out to all you teachers out there. It's stressful. But it's not crazy for me right now. So I feel like that has opened me up to help you more. Yeah. And I I think we have probably loosened up, you know, in our older age too. With parenting for sure. I don't get worked up near like I used to. So there's there's the job change. What would you tell a what would you tell a spouse of um, a, a person taking a new job? Like, what are some things that you would tell them to do? Mm. Some tips? Be understanding if they're coming home later than normal. I'm not always good at that, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I have not noticed that. But. <laughs> like, I'll just... You like my rawness. Here it is. If, if Ben tells me he's going to be home at 4, I expect him to be home at 4, not mm-hmm. 4.03. Because that irritates me. Just be home at four. Mm-hmm. So what have I done now? You just don't tell me a time. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I used to. Okay. So I was a high school basketball coach for a few years. Um, beginning of our marriage. Towards the beginning of our marriage. And practice would end, I don't know, let's say 530. You would. And we, we lived a minute and a half from the mm-hmm. school. And you would expect me to be home if practice ended at 530 at 531, like maybe 532 to give me a little bit of time. And what you didn't understand was like, no, there's a whole lot more that goes into this. I got to be the last one to leave. I can't can't leave these high school boys, you know, 
to fend for themselves. I've got to be the one to lock up. I've got to be the one to shut everything down and I don't leave till they leave. And, but over time you got to be more understanding of that. But now I've also learned like, okay, let's not box myself in on a time because I'm going to get that where you at phone call. And so now it's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be home when I'm home. You've, you've stopped to pee 12 times before you came (laughs) home. So I do have very (laughs) peanut sized bladder. (laughs) You really do. Um, so anyway, yes, be, be understanding of their time away. Be supportive. I feel like I'm really good at that. I'm very honest with Ben, though. Yeah. I, I don't think it helps to sugarcoat when it comes to your marriage, especially because they need to know how you feel. I'm his biggest cheerleader. You are. But I also will tell him if his sermon sucked. So <laughs> he knows for sure when I say it was awesome that it was truly awesome and not just choking his ego. Yeah, that is true. So honesty yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the the moments of your honesty that sticks out, especially when it comes to like preaching, I don't think I was actually preaching this day. I think, I think I was doing like the announcements at this time. Now this was this was several years ago, and I hate doing that stuff. I love preaching. That is what I'm passionate about. That's what you're really good at. I hate getting up and giving information. I just I just don't like doing it, and I did. I, I did something. I fumbled my way through it. You know, I guess I wasn't preaching that day. And I walked back to my seat and you and I locked eyes and you made this look like, oh, <laughs> that was rough. And <laughs> I looked at you and you looked at me and said, uh, that was not your best. <laughs> <laughs> Probably said that was painful. <laughs> Maybe so. And uh, so I appreciate that honesty because it it does... We don't do anybody any favors by sugarcoating it doesn't. things. So then you think I'm lying to you when I actually think it's good. Like today's yeah. sermon is really good, yeah, and I mean that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway. So okay, so uh, there's there's a you know a variety of information for you as far as a career change. Be supportive. Um, be their biggest cheerleader. Keep it honest though. Mm-hmm. You know, don't sugarcoat things. Um, I think that's why. Our marriage works so well is because both of us are very honest with one another. Um, Me more than you, though. You don't like to hurt my feelings. Well, I don't. You like to hurt my feelings? <laughs> well, sometimes it's needed. No, Probably I, I, more don't, so than... I don't want to hurt your feelings, but at the same time, I also want to tell you the truth. Yeah. And and so I think we work well in that together. I um, and, and so, yeah, just just uh, just be honest with one another in that. Uh, okay. Uh, the other side of that is kids, probably the biggest life change mm-hmm. for us. Um, how do you, what, what would be some advice that you would give a a new parent, a prospective parent, a couple that is wanting a kid in the future, all the above? What would you do? First of all, we have four, if you didn't know that, and they're all great. I wouldn't trade any of them for anything. I We feel very blessed to have ours, but they're they're a life change. I mean, I don't think I realized that when it went from just the two of us to having Bella. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. Like looking back, it's, she consumed most of our time, if not all of our time. Yeah. And, but she did. Here's some advice. We do life with our kids. We don't, I don't know, get a babysitter 24 seven. I mean, we liked to show them the experiences that we have. Like Ben was coaching at the time. She came with me to the ball games. Mm-hmm. 
she pooped up her back every ball game. But anyway, <laughs> as a baby, <laughs> yes, as a, as a not newborn. a six year old, no, but as a newborn, I had to find not everywhere in high school gyms have yeah baby well and uh, changers. And I do remember, of course, I was coaching, so I I wasn't you know around when this happened. But I remember you telling me multiple times that like a principal would see oh, yeah. you struggle, not struggling, but you know, you had a situation on your hands. I, I changed her diaper on a principal's desk before. Like yep. he was awesome. I'm pretty sure it was at Carlisle. I okay. Think. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Shout, shout out to Carlisle's <laughs> principal. Hope your janitor lysol that for you. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> that was probably bad. Multiple times though. So anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you will get a sitter more often. I mean, not that we don't get sitters. Like, we have our kids, you know, clearly we both work. And we need a break sometimes. Yes. And yeah. date nights and our, our parents are both great at keeping our kids. Yes. Yes. And our kids enjoy that to get away from us, I'm sure. But um, anyway, I think it is important to show the kids, you know, yeah. they, they learn that way when they're with us. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What do you think was the biggest challenge with that, just one? Just one. Oh man, um, I I don't. I was nervous all the time with her. Yeah, nervous. I, you just don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure this out. So, I guess my advice would be give yourself some grace. Yeah. Um, don't try to be the perfect parent because you're not gonna be. You're going to screw up. You're gonna make mistakes. And don't uh, expect a perfect kid. You kind of had that problem. You expected her to be perfect. I did. Yeah. Um. I would also say show your spouse some grace. You know, if they uh, <laughs> expect your child to be perfect, uh, you know, don't point out all their flaws. But <laughs> I mean, no, I, I did. I, um, I, I, especially growing up and and in my younger years, I really, really cared what people thought. And if my child was crying, as I don't know, I guess I thought that's even though that's what kids do, mine shouldn't or something. Um, especially in a public area, I I was a nervous wreck, and unfortunately would take it out on our daughter. Not not bad, not abusively or anything like that. But you know, it, it was just I was just nervous that it was going to make other people angry. And the reality is, at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. Like, yes, I want my kids to behave. I want my kids to be respectful. I, I want them uh, to do those things. But at the end of the day, they're kids. And they're going to screw up. Yes. We screw up. We are both imperfect people that made imperfect children. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And what I don't want to be, and I probably sound like I'm nitpicking or calling out a specific group of people. I don't mean this to do that. But what I don't want to be is, you know, the 70-year-old man that forgets no. that he had kids. Yep. And I, I always appreciate... Uh, the men and women who will come up to me and say, man, enjoy that. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll they'll see us struggling with our kids and say, listen, it's tough, but enjoy that because it goes by quick. What I can't stand is the people who, you know, probably are parents or were parents and grandparents, and grandparents but who act like, how dare those children make any noise? Mm -hmm. well, okay, they're kids. Yeah, I don't want them to be obnoxious. No, but a little bit of noise is going to. Yeah, so I don't want to be. I don't want to be the old man who forgets what it was like. Uh, I want to be that guy that shows grace and and offers encouragement to those families. Do you remember that time we were at Fridays in Effingham, 
and it was our three kids and he came up to this older gentleman came up to our table and gave us money to buy the kids a dessert because they were so well behaved yes and that meant a lot to us and of course the kids but i want to be that it was yes i do too and that cake was awesome (laughs) by the way so i don't know if the kids got any of it but (laughs) it was awesome so no um yeah yeah just give yourself some grace on that um and recognize again that you nor your kids are going to be perfect it's impossible so don't set that expectation from the get go now let's let's fast forward to four kids um <laughs> dang that's a lot of kids it's a lot of kids but what have we learned over the years um especially going from no kids to one kid uh, and then now all the way to four. Uh, definitely don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Take a breather. It'll be okay. Our kids fight all the time. All the time. Our older two. Bella and Beckett, they're two years apart. Seven and five. I don't know what it is, but they fight over everything. Literally everything. Yep. So I'd like to learn a bit. A little bit about that, you know, like how to get better at parenting, fighting children. But the more I talk to parents, the more I think that's normal. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So that brings up an interesting point. Have conversations with other parents. Oh, yeah. Because you start to think that no other parent has to deal with what Mm -hmm. we're dealing with. And then you start talking to other people and they're like, uh, no, my kids do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, pretty normal. Great. Our kids aren't weird. They're normal, you know. And, and so uh, make sure that you're getting that encouragement yes. and that just that interaction with other parents as well. And please never be the parent to say before you're a parent, never say my kid would never do that because <laughs> I promise you your kid will do that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. The second you say my kid's not going to. Yes. Your kid's gonna. Yep. Like, <laughs> that's just how it works. I have tried my hardest to not be a judgmental parent to other parents because you seriously don't know what other people deal with behind closed doors. We do yep. have great kids. We do, but they're not perfect. No, not not at all. Um, I We're proud of all four of them, but yep. they have some really great moments. But there are some moments that I would be mortified if, you know, some people saw. Yeah. That, you know, they just act because they're comfortable with us and stuff so if your child's doing that you're probably not alone so yeah i agree definitely talk with friends family members be honest and because i guarantee you're not the only one dealing with it yeah i think you alluded to this earlier uh get a break from your kids and give your kids a break from you sometimes Uh, one of the best things like the other day uh, we just dropped my kids off at my parents house my kids are, did I say my kids? Yeah, well, they they are, but they're also your kids. <laughs> uh, our kids to my parents' house, and we went to Walmart. Yeah, and we went up. We didn't need anything. It was it was an interesting we Walmart sold, trip. Spent we but. spent over two hundred bucks yeah. because we went up every aisle. We milked that that time away for all it was worth. But I feel like we were better parents once we came back. Mm-hmm. Like you get we to tried a, everything that was on our list if we even had a list. And that never happens unless it's grocery pickup. Holly, forget grocery pickup, by the way. Moms, if you haven't tried it, try it. Yeah, that is a, it's is a grace from God. <laughs> it really is. So, yeah. Um, so take some time away. Um, you're, you're not a bad parent for wanting to spend some time away from your kids. Um, do stuff together. Do like today. Um, I, I went and hung out with our junior high, high school ministry, uh, at church and I took two of my kids. Like 
they were they always great? No, I mean they're kids, so they were fidgety and all that. But but they need to see that. They need to do those things mm-hmm. with you. And so don't seclude them into. I know there's certain places and and scenarios and work that you can't take them to. Uh, but as much as you can, mm-hmm. uh, give like your they, kids those experiences. Yes, because they learn from you. They yeah. learn from us how we react in certain situations at certain places. And so yeah. they're not going to learn if they are never included yep. with you. Absolutely. Um, so so let's talk just change in general. We'll, we'll start to wrap this up. Um, but navigating change in general, one of the pieces of advice that I would give is your spouse is not your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really easy, and I've, I've learned this the hard way. It's really easy to take it out on the ones that are closest to you. And so for you and I, Janelle, there's no one closer than us. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's easy to, to show your bad side to each other. Uh, because we know one another, we've, you know, there's, we're the closest ones to each other. We have the closest relationships of anybody. And, and so because of that, because we know each other so well, uh, it's really easy not to hold, hold anything back and take it out on that person. So you, in public, you portray to be one way, whereas when you get home, uh, you can, you can relax, you can be yourself and open up. And sometimes that means you take it out on that person. So I think one of the the keys to that is understanding that uh, in your marriage, your spouse is not the enemy. Uh, we believe as, as Christians that our marriage does have an enemy, uh, that Satan is our marriage's enemy who wants to destroy us. And so by extension, our marriage. And so what that means is we're not each other's enemy. Uh, we're on the same team. We're working together. And so I, I think it's important for married people to remember that both in seasons of change and just life in general. I agree. And something that I thought of while you were talking was... Oh, crap. <laughs> hey, no C-bombs on this podcast. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, I lost it. Baker started snoring and it threw me off. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that was going to be good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Something related to changes and, yeah, I'm sure it's really, really good. And I'll think of it when, I'm <laughs> when, when we're done with that. Yes. Say something else and maybe I'll think of it. Well, no, I, I just, um, I, I think make sure you're doing this together. Like you and I, we're, we're partners in this life. Um, and so uh, this is fun. Like the changes, yeah, they're tough. Um, they're, they're complicated at times, but it's kind of an adventure. And I know you as somebody who doesn't like change sometimes doesn't see it that way. I'm not adventurous. I'm not like you. Have you told them that you, what you did in Greece? Speaking of adventurous. Oh uh, yeah. I went bungee jumping. He's insane. Yeah, it was, I mean, I was nervous going into it and he's probably more nervous if he didn't die on that, that I was going to kill him. Well, again, I've learned over the course of our 10 years, and so I knew if I told you beforehand, you'd be freaking out. Oh, yeah. And if I died, I wouldn't have to deal with it. You know, I mean, I <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be anything that I'd have to deal with. 
And so I just decided, hey, rather than tell her this is what I'm thinking about, I'm going to say, hey, guess what your husband, the stud, just did? Yeah. So, I wasn't impressed. But but then I think you probably called me an idiot. And I did. I said so. I probably said, you're an idiot. What's wrong with you? I was but, at our son's t-ball game, and he FaceTimes me and says, I have something to tell you. Well, in my head, I thought he was going to say he's coming home early, but instead, he told me. Uh, just fun. as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's how adventurous he is. Yeah, I would never do that. I have no desire to ever bungee jump. Someone's got to be the responsible parent. But was there a piece of you, uh, I, however small, that was thinking, my husband is a real man. <laughs> Maybe a tiny piece. That's all I need, baby. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this podcast up here. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm not adventurous. But I feel like I am supportive, mostly except with bungee jumping, <laughs> with you being adventurous and yeah. your job, I guess. It's kind of hard to be in ministry. It is an adventure. I mean, though. It is an adventure. Like there's, I don't know, a lot of different components in ministry. It's not just one job that you do the same every single day. It changes rapidly. Yep. Every day is different. And I like that part of it. I do. I like to get to know the different people, and we've been blessed with great people. Get to know some. Awesome. Any last parting words? I wish I could think of that really good thing I was going to say earlier. Yeah, that would have been a good one. (laughs) That would have been... Uh, I do want to say he was talking about um, not taking it out on your spouse. Um, I agree, but it's also important for you to admit when you're struggling to your spouse. So maybe not like take it out on them aggressively or anything, but like if I need to say, hey, you do blah, blah, blah on these nights and it's really affecting me because I need to do this on this night. I feel like it's important to tell them that mm-hmm. in an honest way without freaking out about it. Yeah. I could probably get better at that, but hmm. Okay. But you know what I mean? Am I making sense? I I think so. It basically goes back to honesty. Yeah. But I just communicate okay. your needs. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. And I'm not good at that. Okay. I know that. Okay. So maybe you guys, some of you aren't either, but if I, cause, because like Ben, I don't like to admit I have issues. Mm-hmm. Like, deep. But she does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close enough to pop him right now. I'm about to. Um, no. Like, you know, like if I'm really struggling with something, I don't know. Like, I don't like to admit it easily. Yeah. But that's not good either, especially to your spouse. Right. So, anyway, so I guess it goes with honesty and, yeah. So, instead of just freaking out on them all the time, actually tell them. Verbalize yeah. what you're thinking. Ah, there you go. Communication. Yeah, you can't, read my, you can't read my mind. Even, nope. even though something I do all the time, what do I do all the time that I expect you to read my mind? Oh, you say, what's that song I like? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm pretty good at <laughs> it, are. actually. I'm pretty you good are. at, at so, guessing what that is. He has Spotify on his phone. I don't have it on my phone. And, anyway, I always want to play a specific song that I can never think of the title of. Yep. But you always do. <laughs> It's uh it's a gift. Yeah, yeah. But 
All right. Well, hey, that will wrap it up for this special bonus episode of Since You Ask. Uh, join us next time on a regular episode of Since You Ask. Ben Van Hining and I will be back in the studio answering your questions as we continue on our Worldview series. Uh, so check that out. Hey, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure that you like uh, this podcast, subscribe to it if that's available. Uh, leave us a rating or a review. That just helps this podcast get seen by more people. Uh, we have been overwhelmed by the response to this podcast, and that is directly because of you uh, and your word of mouth, sharing that with your friends, your family. So please, please, please continue to do that. And, and maybe a little bit because of me. Yes, and the support of my <laughs> loving wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, thanks for joining us. We'll check you back here next time on Since You Asked. Thanks for listening to Since You Asked. Join us next time as we tackle more of your burning questions.